With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Monday, 
Welcome to another edition of Intimate in the Word. Uh, like Chris said, this is the Ministry of Prayer International. Um, and it's not even really a ministry. Um, it's just two guys who love the Lord and are reaching out um, with words of knowledge, with um, words of experience, and in general being as real as possible um, with the Lord and about the Lord. And um, we wanted to start this afternoon's program um, going through some scripture, um, and then we'll discuss it, spend some time in worship, um, spend some time praying. If you um, want to, if you need prayer, if you want to call in, have something to talk about, our call-in number is six one nine six three eight eight four five eight. And the book we decided to start with was Ephesians, um, mainly because Ephesians is one of those books that in some ways sums up a lot of the Christian life. It sums up our relationship with the Lord, and it sums up the grace by which God has brought us into his kingdom. Um, The word it uses is adopted, that we are adopted into the family of God. We become children of God. And God loves us immensely, and he loves us as children, and he treats us like like children that you love. I mean, we're precious to the Lord, every single person. And, it, and Ephesians also talks about that, and it talks about how to stand, and, um, and it talks about how excellent it is that of what Jesus did and how God had this plan beforehand of gathering people together into his family. And so I'm just going to start reading, and then if the Holy Spirit wants to say something, um, then we'll just stop and take time, because we're not really in any rush, and there's no formula, and we don't have a blueprint or a guideline or any strict anything. Um, We're just going to be as real as possible. Um, So Paul starts. And it says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus and faithful in Christ Jesus. And for our audience, if I mispronounce something, I apologize. Verse 2, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. And, you know, Chris, that's a very important 
verse that a lot of people overlook. Um, Paul said that that Jesus Christ and the Father have already blessed us with every spiritual blessing in Christ. You know, a lot of times in our walks, in our Christian lives, we're always looking and searching for that blessing, and we're looking as if it's something that we're going to find around the corner. But all the work that Jesus did on the cross is over. All the work is done. He's already blessed us. He's already provided for us. And he's already made a way for everything that we need. And these blessings are ours right now. And it says in verse 4, Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. That's before the world was even created. Before it says the Holy Spirit was moving over the face of the waters. Before God even created the earth that we're standing on. He had already planned out in his heart. He had this plan that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the beloved. And there's another past tense verb, which he has made. He has already made us accepted in the beloved. Once you are born again, and once you've placed your faith in Jesus, there's no more, I need to do this, I need to do that. There, it's already been done. You're already sanctified. You're already perfect in the eyes of God. There's nothing further that you can do. It says in, I believe it's Isaiah, it says that all our righteousness is like filthy rags. And at times we strive and strive to obtain righteousness that we could never possibly obtain to begin with. And at times we need to rest and just come to the understanding that and as far as God's concerned, we're already righteous. When he sees us, he doesn't see our, our sins. He sees the blood of Jesus. He sees the work of the cross. And he says that we are already righteous. And he says that he has already decided that we're going to be holy and without blame before him in love. It says in verse 7, in him. That's in Jesus. We have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, by which he made a bound toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of his will according to the good pleasure which he purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of the times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are are on earth in him. In him also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, that we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. In him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation in whom Having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession, to the praise of his glory. Mm-hmm. Hey, Sean, may I interject yes. for a minute? Um, Go ahead. Great. Um, 
you know, as he was reading, he, he picked it back up in verse 7 for a minute, and it, it says, In whom, speaking of Jesus, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin, according to the riches of his grace. And I just want to stop right there and just make a point. You know, a lot of times religion will try to put us in a mode of working for our salvation or doing things to obtain our salvation or, you know, trying to do the, the Christian deal uh, to put us in right standing with God. But the truth is, is that there's nothing in this world, there's nothing we can do, there's nothing in our own selves that we can do that actually puts us in right standing with God. And right there where it says, when it talks about the blood of Jesus, through his blood we have forgiveness of sin. According to the riches of his grace, I just want to let everyone that's listening or listening to this later, that it's through his blood that we have forgiveness. And it's through his blood that we come into a love relationship with him. So I'll just let you go and take it back up. I just wanted to touch on no, that. That that is an awesome an awesome verse because I think you know as Christians we even especially some of us who've been Christians for a majority of our lives, um, things become routine, and we read the Bible so much, and we hear it so much, that at, at times the smallest scriptures um, become normal, and we hear them and read, read, read over them so quickly that at times we don't really just stop and meditate and think about what it is that the Bible is actually saying. And, you know, the Bible says that the word is alive. It says that this is a living word. It's not a dead word. It's not like a normal book that was written 2,000 years ago or over the course of history that is just old. It's it's not old words, and it's not old knowledge. It is a living word. And the Bible says that the Holy Spirit makes this word alive. Jesus said that the Holy Spirit would take what I've declared to you, and he said that he would bring it to our remembrance, and he would take what is mine and declare it to you. And the Bible says that no one knows the heart of a man except for the spirit of a man, and no one knows the heart of the Father and the mind of the Father except for this, the Holy Spirit of the Father. And as we read these words, if we're willing to just take time and let the Holy Spirit speak to us, Every single time we read this Bible, it'll become new. And I'm surprised that I will, I've read some of these books of the Bible hundreds, if, and I don't even know how many times. And I will go through reading them, and something that I've never noticed before, something that has a major impact on my life, will just pop out. And it's something that, that was always there. But the Holy Spirit took it, and he made it new, and he made it fresh just for that one day. And there's there's a missionary named David Hogan who used to say that this is today's word, and this is the word that God gave us for today. It wasn't yesterday's word. It's not tomorrow's word. This is the word for today. So when we read it, the Holy Spirit is using it to speak to our lives today in our current situations. And, you know, the, the, the funny thing about that verse and is that, a lot of people don't understand that one concept about the blood of Jesus, that when God said we're made righteous through the blood, that's the end of the story as far as God's concerned. There's no argument. There's no debate. That was the final standard. It's the blood of Jesus. 
and we are covered under the blood of Jesus, and that's it. There's nothing else we can add to it because there's nothing higher. And his blood did it all. And and so we we try and we struggle to add to something when there's nothing else to add. The work's already been completed, and it's done. We're already righteous. We're already sealed. It's set in stone. Our names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And all we have to do is just sit back and relax and say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for what you've already done. And there's a freedom that comes from living in grace, realizing that we don't have to strive to fulfill God's law, and we don't have to strive to be perfect. Because as far as he's concerned, we already are. You know, I have four children, and and for all of you out there who have children, you'll know that sometimes your children aren't always perfect, and they don't always act perfect. But in your heart, you see them as perfect. And in your heart, no matter what they could ever do, it doesn't diminish the love you have for them. And this book of Ephesians says that we've been adopted into the family of God. And so as far as he's concerned, it's you literally take on the mindset that this is your child. From the second that adoption takes place, they're yours. They're not foreigners. They're not outcasts. They are the same as your children. They take on the same rights, the same inheritance, the same covering, the same protection, the same love as a normal child. And that's what we are to the Father, is that we are his children. And as children, there are blessings, and there is an inheritance that is stored away from us. And there is the protection and the love of the Father that is the right of every person who comes to the Lord. And Jesus said, whoever, comes, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so I'll pick it up in verse 15 where Paul says, Therefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you making mention of you in my prayers. Now, this next couple of um, verses are an amazing prayer. And this prayer can transform lives if you pray it over yourself and you pray it over your friends and you pray it over your family. And he says in verse 17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us to believe, according to the working of his mighty power which he worked in Christ Jesus when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion in every name that is named, not only in this age, but also that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over the, all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. And if we go back to verse 17, you know, these next couple verses, and we could just stay on these verses for a year because there's so much inside of these and there's so much power inside of these. Um, 
that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And, you know, um, the word where it says in the knowledge of him, you know, we talked about this last Saturday where Moses stood upon the mountain um, in front of God, and he said, if I have found grace in your sight, show me your way that I may know you. Because the ultimate privilege we have as Christians is having a relationship with the Father and having a relationship with Jesus. And the biggest goal and the biggest desire of our heart should be to know him, to be in love with him, to have a relationship with him, not based on wanting a spectacular ministry or being able to do miracles or to do this or get this. It's just to know him, to have a relationship with him. Um, While I was driving to work today, I was thinking about tonight, and the Lord's sort of been developing um, tonight for a while in our spirits. And it reminded me of this movie that you may or may not have seen, and it's called First Night. And um, I think it has Richard Greer and and a couple other actors in there. And at one point, um, the king, King Arthur, is going to marry um, Lady Guinevere, and he's telling her, and her village is under attack, and he's and and they're about to get married, and all of a sudden he stops and he's like, "You don't have to marry me. I'll still protect your town and I'll protect your city, and you don't have to go through the marriage." And she stops and she says, "You know, I don't want to marry your kingdom. I don't want to marry your crown. I want to marry you." And we, when we come to the Lord and we are seeking a relationship with him, we need to come sort of with that heart attitude that says, Father, I just want to know you. I just want to have a relationship with you. I want to know you as you know me. And it doesn't matter about all the other stuff because we're, we're marrying a king, but our relationship is with him. It's with his person. And it's the relationship with his heart that we're seeking after. And it says in verse 18 that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened, that you would know what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And, you know, that's one of the things that I think a lot of Christians don't really understand. Um is that we need to know what is the hope of his calling, that this is not just something that God did on the spur of the moment. This is not something simple. I mean, there is hope here. I mean, he had this plan, and there is an inheritance. And And, uh, how do I put it? Um, Well, can can I interject real quick, Charles? Yeah, go for it. I was just thinking when you were talking about, you know, God had this plan, it says in verse 4, if we back up according to the, you know, foundation, before the foundation of the world, he chose us to be holy, like you said earlier, to be holy without blame before him in love. He breathed after us before all this, and you may mention that there's an inheritance for us. You know, that's what this whole book, this whole chapter really is about, is us, Tapping into and re- realizing that God's already blessed us with all the spiritual blessings we're going to get, we just need to have the eyes of our understanding 
you know, the prayer that you were just reading Amen. and praying, you know, the eyes of our understanding being enlightened that we would know what the hope of our calling is. And I think that's the problem sometimes in our Christian walk is a lot of times, yes, we have this deposit, we have this treasure of the Holy Spirit within us, and we have this destiny, this purpose in God, but a lot of times our eyes get darkened and our perspective and, and, and our just the way we see things gets uh, jaded or skewed because of, you know, the cares of the world and we get so busy with everyday life and, we you know, a lot of times we don't take the time to ask God to open our eyes, to let us see what he has for us or let us see mm-hmm. where, you know, we can connect into the blessings that he's already prepared for us. You know, and so a lot of times, I know in my own life, I, I failed to really listen or be sensitive to the Lord in some areas, and, and some of God's blessings that he had prepared for me, um, I just walked right by them. I didn't even realize they were there. I didn't even see them. Um, and so I think it's important, you know, we, we, we're talking about prayer, and we're talking about our inheritance tonight and, and just being adopted into the things of God uh, through Jesus. And as we're children of God, as God, you know, begins to communicate with us, you know, the Bible says it's your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. And just as children of God, and, you know, if you're if you're a parent and you have children and they ask you for something, now, granted, we're, we're not going to let them, you know, ask and ask and ask and ask and, and spoil them to the point where it's no good for them or it's bad for them. But when it's within our means, we, we want to give, you know, a parent. And I know Sean, I've seen the way he is with his children. He gives out of his heart. Uh, when they ask, he gives. When they ask, you know, he out of his heart gives. And, and in the same way, when we ask God for something, he gives it to us. But we have to remember, we got to keep asking. Sometimes we, we have to ask the Lord, Lord, open our eyes, let us see these things that you've prepared for us. Father, show us, you know, your glory. Show us your good pleasure. Show us your kingdom. And, you know, I don't want to be a, be a verse hog here, so I'm going to turn it back over to Sean, but I was just thought I'd just share a little bit about what, what I saw with that, you know. That, you know, verse 15 through... Really, 19 and 20 is a wonderful prayer. Um, Sean read it earlier, that the eyes of our understanding be in and that we would know the hope of our calling. And there's a lot of people out there that, that want to know what my calling is. And if you, you know, ask the Lord... Go ahead. Sorry, Sean. No. You know, something that reminds me of is in um, Jeremiah chapter 1. Um, God said to Jeremiah, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I, I sanctified you. Yes. And I ordained you. And, you know, the and the Father, there are no accidents. There's nobody who was ever created, no one who was ever born who was an accident in the eyes of the Father. And he makes it perfectly clear that before we were born, before those DNA molecules, before those cells took shape, he spoke out into our lives. Every single person, before the moment of our first conception, he spoke, and he had a plan, and he laid it out, and he said, this is my child. And, you know, 
a lot of times that's what we need to get back to. We need to get back to realizing. You know, God said that the thought, that we couldn't even number the thoughts he had of us, than he has for us. He said they're thoughts of good and not of evil, to give us a hope and a future. And that's what the Lord is is crying out and calling out to people, saying, I'm here, and I want to give you a hope and a future. You know, Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd. He said, I have come that you may have life, and you may have it more abundantly. Um, yeah. And it says, beyond anything you can think, exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask or even think. You know, I think I think it says in Corinthians, it says that no eye, no eye has seen nor entered into the heart of man the things that the Father has prepared for those that love him. And we need to realize, like it says in this next, next verse, which I'll read, it says in verse 19, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe? according to the working of his mighty power. And we are talking about the God who made heaven and earth, the God who took nothingness and out of it created light and created life, the God who speaks out and he said, the words that come from my mouth will not return to me void, but they will accomplish that for which I sent them. And that's true even for our lives and for every person who's listening. That is what's true is that he has spoken in your life, he's spoken in my life, he's spoken in Chris's life, and our family's life, the people that you see on the street, the people you see in the stores. God has spoken out into our lives and said, I have come that you may have a future and that you may have a hope. And all you Sorry have to do there. is believe and trust me and just accept it. It's like salvation. You know, salvation is a free gift. Uh, There's nothing we can do to earn it. We can't pay for it. It's not something that's for sale. It's a free gift that God, out of the abundance of his love, like it says in in John 3.16, he says, For God so loved the world that he gave. And God has all these blessings. And, I mean, every spiritual blessing he has given us. And all you have to do is accept it and Drive for it. You don't have to earn it. It's just yours. It's your right as a child of God to have the blessings of the Father. And this isn't a weak God. This is a mighty man of war. And he is. And he says the exceeding greatness of his power toward us to believe. And that power doesn't just extend to us getting saved. It extends to sickness. It extends to every area of our lives. That his power. Is stronger than, and his power and his strength will support us, and his grace is sufficient. Even in our worst and our worst weaknesses, his grace and his power is sufficient to help us. And so, um, I think this is probably a good time to go ahead and play a song. Any ideas, Chris? Any suggestions? How about, let's do this one. So we'll be back in just a couple of seconds. Over the mountains and sea, your river runs and I will.
Well, we are back. It is Prayer International Radio. It's 941. My name is Chris Herzog, and we are live. Uh, Sean Holmberg is also with us tonight. And uh, Sean was taking us through the book of Ephesians, chapter 1, and we were kind of bouncing back and forth, just sharing as the Lord revealed a few things to us. Uh, Sean, are you there? All right, well, we'll praise the Lord. So, um, we'll go ahead and pick it back up, and I guess Sean will join us back in. So, I know we were uh, going through the prayer for revelation that's found in the first chapter of Ephesians. I just want to go back to okay. the There you are. All right, Sean. Okay. Yeah, we're having these technical difficulties, um, but it's fine. It's okay. Um, anyway, we were talking about the seeding greatness of God's power in our lives. And, you know, I just want to stop and say, you know, no matter what happens and no matter what kind of obstacles that you encounter in your life, there's nothing beyond the scope of his power. And as whether it's something with your, your marriage or something with your job or whether it's a sickness, there's nothing that's too small for him. And, you know, the Bible says in Romans, it says that we should boldly come to the throne of grace in which we are accepted in a time of need. And, you know, the the Father is always there waiting for us, and not just when we need something, of course. Um, but if there's anything in your life, you need to realize who the God is that you serve. And we serve an amazing and awesome God. And it says in verse 20, it says, um, it was talking about the power that he was working in us. And it says, which he worked in Christ Jesus when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and all power and all might and all dominion. And above every name that is named, not only in this age, but that which is to come. And this is a powerful verse here. And he put all things under his feet. And, you know, it doesn't say, like, some things, and it doesn't say the easy things. It says all things. That's everything in this life. He put sickness. He put your finances. Everything in every situation is under his feet. And so we need to realize that God is in control, and nothing surprises him. And all we need to do is come to him. And ask. And so we'll start with um, chapter 2. And I don't know how much we can get through. But, you know, the thing about chapter 2 is it talks a lot about the grace of God. And it says, In you he made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, According to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. And, you know, all of us at one time, we, we lived in like the world. I mean, we were no different until we got saved. And we carried about a fragrance of death. And now God has made us alive. 
and he's transformed us. And we carry about this fragrance of the resurrected Christ in our lives. And we should be conducting our lives as examples of Christ Jesus. You know, it says that we are living epistles. And it says that we are ambassadors of Christ and ambassadors of reconciliation as the Father is reconciling the world to him through us. And, you know, it's, it's a saying that you, you, you may hear your whole life, but it's true. When you walk outside of your house, and even when you're inside a house, and your, your children, your wife, your husband, the people you see at your job, when you see them, you never know if you are the only person who's a Christian, that person knows. You may be the only person that is a representative of Christ. And we're supposed to be a mirror of reflection of him. And that doesn't mean we're perfect or that we're ever going to be perfect because we're not. We're redeemed and we're sanctified, but we're not perfect people. And But that's not the point. The point is that we are supposed to conduct ourselves not like the world. We're supposed to be set apart. I mean, God has has called us and set us apart from this world. And there should be a visible difference between the lives of those who follow him and the lives of the people in this world. Because the people in this world in general are lost and they don't have hope. But yet we have hope and we know of this great hope that we have in Christ Jesus. And, you know, that is the hope that people are looking for, and they may not realize it. They may be on their last stretch, and the whole world may be falling out. And the one thing that they need more than anything else is they need hope. And that's the hope that every single person who is born again carries with them. And, you know, that one word and that one, that one moment that you tell them about the hope of Jesus may be enough, and that may be the one thing they've been waiting for. And, you know, the Lord doesn't have anybody anywhere for just any reason. You know, God, like, has put us in places. And it's no accident that you have that desire that you just want to stop and get a drink and there happens to be someone in the store that you talk to. And, you know, the the Father will put people in your path and he will arrange it so you can be in the path of the person with whom he he needs to get in contact with. And he wants to use you as a vessel. And it's not just the ministers you see on television and the people you see in churches. I mean, it's every single one of us. And we're all given the same spirit. And there's no difference between Paul or Peter or John or the people you see on TV. It's the same Holy Spirit who raised Christ Jesus from the dead that works in all of us. And, you know, sometimes we think, okay, well, you have to be have this amazing name. But, you know, it's not about the name. It's about the anointing. It's not about the ministry. It's about the revelation of Jesus Christ. It's about the relationship with him. And it's that relationship with him that transforms people's lives. And that's the one thing that every single person has. And that's the one thing that they have to give that's more valuable than anything else. It's the knowledge of Jesus Christ into a fallen world that doesn't know him and they need to know him. And so I urge you, no matter who you are, I mean, you have an amazing ability to bring light into a dark world. And so, and it's funny because in verse 4 it starts and it says, but God. And, you know, that should be the end of it, but God. Because in the end, no matter how things get, you can just say, but God. No matter what bill's coming, but God. 
no matter who's sick, but God. Because there's always the opinion of the world, and then there's the opinion of God. And whose word do you want to believe today in your life? Do you want to believe what people say and what the opinion of this world is and the opinion of doctors and the the opinion of the politicians? No, we want to believe the word of God. And because in the end, it's his word that matters because his word is true. And the things that we don't see in the spiritual realm are the things that are more real than the things we do see. And so in the end, no matter what it is, you can just say, but God, the day, but God, I'm going to trust and put my faith in him. And it says, but God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together by Christ, with Christ, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And, you know, I mean, and that's the thing. I mean, there's a lot of Christians who still walk around, and they they have this feeling, okay, God, how could God ever love me? And, and you know, the thing is, even when we were dead, even when we were just like the world, God still loved us. And the only difference is now that we have the knowledge of Christ, and the fact is now that we're children of God. And how how could God ever love you any less? Because the worst it could have been was taken care of with the blood of Christ. And so his love is eternal. His love is unfailing. His love is unfathomable. And it says, and he raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. I mean, and there it is again, Chris. It's that he might show us the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. It's it's like I heard this preacher say, you know, you have these you have these choices in your life and there's two main ones. It's like Elijah said to the false prophets, he said, Choose this day who you will serve. Either serve the false idols and the false gods of this world or serve God. And, you know, it's like it says right there. Um, we have these exceeding riches, and God's like saying, you know what, choose life. Choose the blessings. Choose life. Trust me, they're here. Just just reach out and take them. And it says in verse 8, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. And, you know, that's sort of what I was, like, Depending on is that you know we in, in the Christian world we tend to distinguish Christians and we tend to rank Christians based on their achievements and but God doesn't see us by our achievements it says He sees us by our hearts for God knows the hearts you know David wasn't a man of great achievements um, King David from the Old Testament he wasn't a man who had an amazing resume he didn't graduate from the best college, if they even had colleges back then. He wasn't the most amazing man of valor, and he hadn't fought many battles with the armies, but he had fought battles with uh, with bears and lions. And But what God saw about him, this man who, with appearance, was the least, God saw his heart. And it was his heart that God saw that the Bible says that David was a man after 
God's own heart. And it was David's heart that exalted him above everybody else in the eyes of the Father as far as God said, there's all these other men who have positions and they have all these other things, but this man looks is wanting my heart. And that's the Father is seeking those people who are going to say, I'm going to go after the heart of God, regardless of anything else. Take everything else, and I just want the heart of the Father. And I'm just going to seek the heart of the Father, and that's all that matters. And, you know, in the end, it's when it says that it's not about worthless anyone should boast, is that, you know, we're all the same in Christ Jesus. We're all, like, sanctified with the blood of Jesus, and we're all saved by grace, through faith. It's by the blood of Jesus, not by what we've done. It's just by him and him alone. And that is our salvation, is through the grace of the Father. And that's what we can rest in, is that as far as that's concerned, there's nothing we can do. There's no resumes, there's no requirements, there's no anything. It's just our faith in Jesus Christ. And and then it says, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which he prepared beforehand that we should walk in, him, in them. So what do you think, Chris? Well, I think that's awesome. I'm sorry, I was just getting on there. I noticed we have some uh, guests giving our blog chat room, so I thought I'd jump on there real quick. Um, How many people we got in our chat room right now? Oh, it's good to see that we actually have people in there. Um, yeah, we had and six at one time, so I was just kind of... And if anybody's time. listening out there... Oh, sorry to interrupt you, Chris. I was gonna say, if anybody's, if anybody, if anybody out there is listening and you need prayer, it doesn't matter what it is. Um, feel free to actually, like, say something in one of the chat rooms. And if you need prayer, you can call the. Um, we have the prayer line, which is six one nine six three eight eight four five eight, and we'll pray for you. Um, and so what we're talking about is the grace and the love of the Father, and we're talking about um, the riches of the inheritance we have in heaven. And it's about having a mindset. You know, a lot of times in the world, there's always this talk about positive mindsets, which I personally think is... Anyway, I won't say that. But the thing is, is that, you know, in some ways, the Bible says as a man thinks this in his heart, so is he. But not in the way the world sees it. It's the fact that we need to realize that God has said things about our lives. He said that we are saved by grace. He said that we're the head and not the tail. He said that he loves us. And he and so we need to take this word of God and we need to apply it into our lives and we need to speak it out in our lives. It says later in the book of James, it says it talks about how there's life and death in the power of the tongue. And just like a small rudder can turn a huge ship, our tongue has the ability to create the environment around us and in our lives. And we need to get in the habit of actually taking the word of God and declaring it over our lives and declaring it over our family's lives and declaring it over our, our our situations. And because the word of God is powerful and and it and we literally have the ability by the words that come out of our mouth to change the things around us and it also changes what we think about ourselves. And too often Christians um get into the 
to the habit of speaking just every negative thing that comes in their head. I mean, well, I feel like this or I feel like this or whatever. But we need to get in the habit of exalting the word of God over everything else and taking all those other thoughts and bring them and, and, and not worrying about those is and only worrying about those things which God has said about our lives because those are the things which are true. So we could go into chapter three or chapter. We could keep going in chapter two. Um, does that sound okay to you, Chris? Yeah, that sounds fine. Just to let you know, we're coming up on the ten o'clock hour, so. Um, well, we can stop and take a break real fast if you want to. Yeah, why don't we do that, and uh, then we'll pick it back up in chapter two. Okay. Well, um, once again, this is. Um, Prayer International with Chris Herzog and Sean Holmberg. And if you need prayer, we're here, 619-638-8458, or we have a chat room. And um, so we will play a song, and Chris, go ahead and pick a song up for us, and we will be right back.
Welcome back to Prayer International. This is Sean Holmberg and Chris Herzog and the Ministry of Prayer International. And we've been talking about, um, we've been going through um, the first and second chapter of Ephesians. Um, Chris, are you back with me? Not sure if he's actually there or not. So let me just put another song on.
Well, this is Chris Herzog with Prayer International Radio, and it's just about seven minutes after the 10 o'clock hour. And we were going through the book of Ephesians, uh, Sean Holmberg and I, and we were in chapter two and picking it up probably somewhere around the eighth or ninth verse. Um, and so I believe uh, Sean Holmberg's with us in the studio. Yes. And he's going to pick it up. Hello, Sean? Yes, are you there? Yes. Okay. So, um, actually, I think we actually got through through the eighth or ninth, and we were we had already gotten through the tenth verse. We were talking about how we were the workmanship of Christ. Um, you know, I think this is probably a good, good time to stop for tonight, and we can pick some more up tomorrow night. Um, and maybe we should spend some time, let's actually get into some prayer. How does that sound? Yeah, it sounds good. So do you want to start us off? Sure. And again, just uh, for anyone listening, if you're uh, calling in or on the chat, feel free to ask for prayer. We've got people on the chat line uh, that can pray with you, as well as the call-in number, which is 619-638-8458. So let's go ahead and go before the Lord in prayer. Father, right now, Lord, we just give you praise. And Lord, we thank you for Jesus. And Father, right now, we just thank you for that blood that we read about tonight, Lord, that gives us access into your presence, that gives us access to your spirit. And Father, right now we just thank you, Lord God, that the eyes of our understanding are being flooded with light. And for those listening, Lord, that you would open their eyes, Father, and enlighten their eyes and let them know and see the hope of their calling. Father, we pray that they would be granted and given a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Father, they would experience and know and understand the riches and the inheritance, the blessings, the spiritual blessings that are already given to them. But Father, they would experience for the joy of their salvation. And that Father, they would experience the peace Father, it passes all understanding, Lord. It passes the mind, anything we can understand, Lord. And, Father, we just thank you for your Holy Spirit, Lord, that's that's going out around the world, Father, to the nations, Father, to our listening audience. And we just thank you right now, Father God, that you're awakening your bride, you're awakening your people, Father, with an awareness of prayer and drawing their hearts to intimacy, drawing their hearts, filling their hearts with a passion and a fire for you, Lord. So, Father, Lord, I join my faith with Sean, Lord, and we just put a prayer covering, Lord, over every man, every woman, every child, every teenager that's listening tonight, Father God, that, Lord, they would know Jesus as Savior and Lord. Father, they would know you, Lord, as their their heavenly Father, as their source, they would know you as their provider and as the one that gives them every good thing in their lives. And Father, we just pray, Lord God, that they would have an awareness, Father God, of the the drawing and the stirring, Lord, the the tugging, Lord, that you're pulling your people, your 
You're tugging and, and drawing your bride to yourself, Lord. And Father, we just pray, Lord God, light the fire in their hearts, Lord. And, and Father, we just pray, Lord, that they would have an unabandoned love. They would have a single focus, Lord, and that, that would be you. That, Father, we could lay, Lord, all of us, as we seek you, Lord, we can lay aside all the busyness of our lives. We can lay aside all the the hectic and the, the trivial that we deal with on a day-to-day basis, Lord. Father, the cares, Lord, that weigh us down, Lord, we just ask, Lord, that you would cast those cares off, lift those, break those chains off, and lift those cares, lift the heaviness off of our lives, Lord, and those that are listening, Lord, break the, the chains of despair. Father, where their hope has been deferred and, and they feel like just things aren't going right for them, Lord, I pray, Lord God, that you would turn their life, Lord, set them on a right course and set them in a right direction, Lord. And I thank you, Father, that you are constantly preparing straight paths for our feet to walk in. You're constantly leading us like a good shepherd, Lord. And so, Father, we pray that they would know the shepherd's voice, that we, Lord, would all, Lord, all your people, Lord, would hear your voice. And, Father, we would only follow that which we hear you speaking to. Lord, just make our hearts tender, Lord. Make our hearts soft. Father, soften the hearts tonight that we would hear your voice, Lord. Father, we just pray, Lord God, that the words that were spoken tonight, Lord, that the riches of your word, Lord, the the wonder of your word, Father, would penetrate the hearts and the mind, Lord, would begin to build up the inner man, Father, and those that are listening that, that are really just needing strength tonight, Father, we just pray that they would be strengthened in their inner man, that they would be strengthened with might. Lord, we thank you, Father God, that you are filling your people by your spirit. Lord, that you are uplifting your people, Lord, with the hope of Jesus. And Father, we just thank you right now, Lord, for everyone right now, Lord, that's struggling. Lord, I pray, Father, for those that are struggling, Lord, and just in their walk, Father, their day-to-day walk. Father, they, they just at times may even feel unworthy to come to you because of different things they feel within their lives. Well, Father, I just speak a word of release and freedom over them. Father, we just declare, Lord, that you are not, Lord, acting as an angry judge, Father, but that, Lord, you are speaking freedom and you're speaking life. You're speaking peace to those, Father, that are carrying around shame and and pain. And, Father, we pray for healing, Lord, to penetrate their hearts, Lord, for their hearts to be lifted up right now, Lord, for you to pour in the oil of joy. Father, for you to pour in, Father God, your spirit. Lord, I just pray, Father, for the heaviness, Lord, to be broken. I pray right now, Father God, for all sickness and disease to go, that there would be healing, over bodies right now, healing over tormented minds. Those that are walking in confusion, maybe they they don't understand the season of their life. Father, I pray, Lord, that you would bring clarity to them, that you would bring peace 
to them, Lord. And, Father, we just pray, Lord, for those that are seeking answers, those that are calling out to you, Father, those that need just to resolve in their lives, Father. You said that if we called unto you, you would answer us and you would show us great and mighty things that we do not know. You would show us, Father, those things, Lord, that you've prepared for us. So we pray, Lord, right now that everyone listening, Father, would receive of your spirit. And, Lord, we pray, Father, for a baptism of love over your people tonight. Father, that your Holy Spirit would go to the four corners of the earth. We pray, we lift up those that are harvesters, that are workers. Lord, those that are across the globe, Father, those that are in the nations of the earth, Father, declaring your word. Father, those that are in third world countries, Father, declaring your word. I just walk right behind you. I walk like right over there. And, Father, we just ask, Lord God, Father, we just pray, Lord, Father God, that your Holy Spirit would just go to the nations of the earth. Lord, we thank you, Father, that the name of Jesus is being preached, that hearts are being opened to the gospel. Father, that lives are being changed by the power of your Holy Spirit. Father, we cover Jerusalem and Israel right now. We pray for your people, Lord, that they would have a revelation of Jesus Christ, the Messiah that you would prosper them, Lord, that you would protect them and put your angels around Israel and Jerusalem, Lord. And we pray, Father, for America right now, Lord. We thank you for our nation. Lord, we pray for our leaders. Father, we pray for those that are leading your people, Lord, that are educating our nation. And we just give you praise, Lord. We just thank you right now, Father, for what you're doing. And Lord, we just come to you right now boldly before the throne of grace, Father. And I thank you, Father, as we join our hearts with your people, Lord, as we join our hearts, Lord, and and declare your word, Father, over those listening, Father. We declare, Father, that your will be done and your kingdom come. The Father, just as it is in heaven, Lord, it would be in our lives today. It would be in the lives of those listening to us tonight, Father, on this broadcast. Father, we pray, Lord, that, Father, the genuineness, the reality of Christ would fill their lives, Father. We pray that vain religions and traditions and these lies and philosophies, Lord, that are disguising themselves as Christianity, Father, would be exposed. And that the truth of your word, Father, would touch the hearts of those listening. We pray for the church, Lord that they would know truth and they would know you, Father, that you would break, Lord, religion and bring everyone who names the name of Christ into a deep love relationship with you. Now, Father, we just pray, Lord God, and Lord, as we open up, Father God, the rest of this broadcast, we pray, Father, that you would touch the hearts of those listening, that you would stir, Father God, and begin to draw Lord, men and women, Father God, that would join with us, and Father, would join with Prayer International, Lord God, to pray for the nations and set up a 24-7 global watch. Father, we pray, Lord God, for this 24-7 movement of prayer that's taking the nations by force, Lord, that you're raising up an awareness, Lord, and we thank you, Father, that you're raising up an awareness of prayer across the nations. And, Lord, we just join with that vision, Lord, and we thank you, Lord, that you're joining people 
with us, Father God, to facilitate, Lord. Draw intercessors, Father. Draw those that would help to counsel and pray, Father God. And, Lord, we just pray, Lord God, that, Lord, you would touch the hearts of those listening, Lord. I thank you, Father, that you're healing marriages right now. Lord, there's people listening right now that, Lord, their marriages are in despair. They're having struggles and conflicts, Lord. And we just pray right now for the joy of the Lord to flood and fill every marriage, every home, every man, every woman, Lord, that the passion would be restored in their marriage, Lord, that the truth, Lord, of what you have declared over marriage, Lord, would would be revealed in their lives, Father, and that, Lord, would you have put together and no man would put us under. We thank you, Father, that you are working in families, you are working in children. Lord, you're turning the hearts of the children back to the fathers and the mothers, and you're turning the hearts of the parents back to their children, Lord, and you're bringing restoration in the family. Lord, we pray for broken homes right now that there would be a unity and a restoration. And, Father, right now, Lord, we just pray, Lord God, Father, for the harvest, Lord, we thank you, Lord God, that that those that don't know you right now, their hearts are being pricked, their hearts are being tugged and stirred. But, Father, there's people out there even listening to this broadcast, Father, and, Lord, they don't know you. Father, they would say, I don't know the Lord. I don't have a personal relationship with the Lord. And, Father, we just thank you, Lord God, for what you're doing. We thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. We just give you praise, Lord. We just give you praise, Father. Your goodness. Now, Father, we just open this up for your spirit to speak. We just give you all the praise and the glory and the honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, maybe you're listening. Maybe you've been praying with us, listening to the broadcast, listening to the teaching. I'm not sure what point of this broadcast you you came in. But we want to allow you the opportunity. If, if you're sitting there listening, saying, I don't know Jesus. I don't have that relationship with God that I, I know in my heart as possible. Or maybe you see a lot of people that claim to know Jesus Christ and and something inside of you stirred and you just don't feel like you have that same experience or encounter. We want to invite you to pray with us. We want to invite you to open up your heart and to receive the Lord. You know, the Bible says that all of us have sinned and and fallen short of the glory of God. The Bible says that we've all blown it. We've all missed it. And it goes on to say that the wages of sin, penalty of sin is death, but God in his love and his great mercy gave us a gift, and that gift was his son, Jesus Christ. And when he gave us Jesus, it was for the full intention to restore what was lost in the garden. When Adam and Eve partook of a fruit that, that the Lord said not to partake of the tree in the garden. They lost their crowning glory. They lost their ability to connect with God and, and be in right standing with God. And as a result, 
sin came into the earth. Well, God, rich in his mercy, sent his son Jesus to live a holy life, to show us, to model for us, to give us an example of how we should live our lives. He showed us how we should connect with God in prayer, how we should relate to people, and how we should not bow to the circumstances of this life, but actually use the power of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God to change our circumstances and speak life and healing and hope into a world that has a lot of darkness and despair in it. So if what I'm saying is really relating to you, it's tugging on your heart. Realize God given us the Holy Spirit. He sacrificed his son on the cross so that you could come into a love relationship with him. And he's waiting. He's he's knocking at your door. So right now, I just want to go ahead and lead you in a prayer. If you need some prayer, if you need to talk to somebody, don't hesitate. Look, we're we're here for you. We're we're doing this to be a blessing to you. We're doing this because we want to see your life touched and changed and transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. We want to see you have a love relationship with Jesus Christ. And you know, if he wasn't real in our lives. And I'm sure on some of these broadcasts you're going to hear us testify and share personal experiences and different people will be on the show sharing personal experiences about what the Lord has actually done and how the Lord's transformed and changed their lives. Be included. Be included in the family of God. Don't be on the outside looking in waiting and wondering and criticizing and contemplating whether all this is real or not. Seek after God. The Bible says if you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, he'll add all kinds of things to you. That if you'll diligently seek him, he'll reward you. And the reward and the treasure is actually himself. The reward and the treasure is Jesus. And out of that love relationship, out of that that walk, that fellowship with him, is provided a life in heaven for eternity. Let's not hesitate. If you need to go to the phone, 619-638-8458. Now, with every heart open, let's ask the Lord. Just repeat after me. Father, I realize that I'm a sinner. I realize that I've made mistakes and I've done things that you don't approve of. But I thank you, Lord, 
you gave me Jesus to die on the cross for my sins. I thank you, Father, for the blood of Jesus that gives me access to you. Forgive me of my sins and help me to forgive those that have sinned against me. Your kingdom come in my life, Lord. Your will be done on earth just as it is in heaven. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and reveal truth to me. In Jesus' name, amen. Now look, if you prayed that prayer or something like it and you meant it with your heart, there's no formula, there's no form to this. God's just looking for hearts. He's looking for your heart. But if you prayed that prayer, you meant it. God became your father. Jesus heard your prayer. And you asked him to come in. You asked him to forgive you of your sins. You asked him to make your home in heaven and to give you a new life. And I believe this. The Bible says if you ask, any of you that's a father, if your son asks for bread, will you give him a stone? Or if he asks for an egg, will you give him a scorpion? Or for a piece of bread or a loaf of bread, would you give him a rock? Okay. God gives good gifts to his children, and he gives the Holy Spirit. He gives the new life in Christ to those that ask. So we want to know if what we're saying and these prayers and, and our broadcast is having an effect touching your life. So we definitely would like to hear about it. We'd like you to share with us and testify. Of course, we have uh, different ways of doing that. You can always go to our website, which is www.prayerinternational.org. You can also go to our email, which is prayerinternational at gmail.com. And we also have blog daily devotionals on blogger.com and um, also on the Blog Talk Radio. We, we're doing uh, actually devotionals and, and just daily blogs and different messages that the Lord will lead us and different contributors will have that posted as well. So, um, just, you know, be looking out for us. We'd like to just welcome you into the family of God. We'd like to be an extension of God's family in your life. If you need prayer, if you need counseling, if you need anything, we want to make not only the radio program available to you, but whatever uh, media streams we're involved with. So you can look for us on Facebook and MySpace, Twitter. You'll also see some things on YouTube and, and Ustream as well. So going into the future with this, uh, we'll be hosting.
to some different shows. I just wanted to share a little bit, kind of let you guys know what we're doing. Uh, we're about to go into some worship and just continue to correct our focus. You know, that's the wonderful thing about worship is it corrects our focus. It pulls our minds, it pulls us on the inside to really align ourselves and, and focus on and really set ourselves with the Lord. You know, the Bible says that he who keeps his mind on me, God says, whoever keeps his mind on me, I, the Lord says, will keep him in perfect peace. And so if you're seeking peace, you really need to seek the Lord. And not for peace's sake, but for the Lord's sake. And I will say this, that he is the author of peace and not confusion. And if there's things in your life that are unsettled, things in your life that are unclear, maybe things in your life have been completely off track and out of focus, but he is an ever-present help in time of need. He's a loving father. And so reach in humility. You know, swallow your pride. Lay your pride by the wayside. Humble yourself and learn to submit to God. Humble yourself and learn to draw near to God. You know, as we were reading Ephesians tonight, I was just really, just my faith was lifted and I was encouraged and inspired. I realized that, you know, before we knew God, we were dead. We had an old condition. You know, we read verse 2. It says that we were uh, dead in sin. That we walked according to a course that that the path we were on was according to the prince of power of the air. It was according to the the children of disobedience, the spirit of disobedience. Okay? That everything we did was from a desire of the flesh, a, a desire of the world, things that were contrary to the nature of God. But when God came into our lives, we read in, in chapter 2 when Sean was talking, when God came into our lives, he quickened us together with Christ. He raised us with us. He seated us with Christ. He repositioned us. You see, when what was lost in the garden, they lost that ability to know God. They lost their crowning glory, which was spirit to spirit with God. And what happened, the spirit of God, the spirit of man fell into a different position. And all of a sudden, the soul or the mind, the will and the emotions of man begin to take up residence. It began to take up authority. It began to be the chief crowning glory of man at that point. The position of man was changed. And he went from being seated in a position of authority and honor with God to put down low, and he lost that position of authority and honor with God. But when Christ Jesus shed his blood and took back the keys of the kingdom, when he died and he reconciled us back to God, something happened. And what happened was our position was restored, just like we read in Ephesians 2. We were seated again in heavenly places. And all of a sudden, our perspective and the point of view and the, the place that we walk in shifted. The problem is, is a lot of times in our Christian walk, we're so carnally minded, we're so worldly focused that we don't realize 
even the blessings and the authority and the things that were given to us that we actually have. And so as we worship the Lord, let's let it correct our focus. As we get filled with His presence and filled with a passion and a fire for Him, we'll see our focus get corrected. We'll begin to develop that fiery heart. We'll begin to develop that fiery heart. We'll begin to develop that love relationship. We'll begin to grow stronger for the Lord in His presence. I think part of the problem we have, we we don't wait on Him. We don't wait in His presence long enough. We don't sit and experience the refreshing of the Lord. We don't experience the, the dealings of the Lord. Many times we rush into prayer and out of prayer like it's just some ritual that we do. And really we need to get heart to heart with God and not so much with just the speaking to God and the talking to God and and declaring his, his promises back to him. We need to get heart to heart. We need to get face to face with God. And we need to really learn to listen. We need to learn to listen. We need to have our hearts turn. You know, in Hebrews it says, Today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. Revelation constantly saying, He that has an ear, he that has an ear. If you have an ear, hear what the Spirit is saying. Don't harden your heart. Hear what the Spirit is saying. And so every time I read that, I realize we have an ability. The hearing ear, the Bible says in Proverbs, and the seeing eye, the Lord has made them both. So the Lord has made hearing ears. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. In the voice of the stranger, they will not follow. In the Old Testament, God said, you'll hear a voice saying, this is the way. Walk ye in it. Constantly, from the old to the new. We see men of God, men of faith, women of God, women of faith under the Old Covenant and the New Covenant, constantly having encounters and experiences with God where they were listening to God and God was leading them into destiny, into purpose, into places of His presence and into places where He would meet His people, where He would reveal Himself to His people or show Himself strong to His people. But they were led by His Spirit. You know, the Bible says those that are sons of God, children of God, are led by the Spirit of God. So it's very important as we develop a a mindset in the Word that we allow the Holy Spirit to teach us like we talked about earlier. But we also just develop a sensitivity on the inside to know when He's pulling us in the direction, to know when He's cautioning us to not go in the direction, to know when He's discerning who is or who has, rather, our best interest in mind, or who maybe they have ill intent or wrong motive. And as we listen, as we learn and become sensitive to the Holy Spirit, as we get filled with His Word, and we begin to let our conscience conscience, sorry, become clear, we'll develop a deeper sensitivity to listen to that still, small voice on the inside. You know, the Lord says, Be still and know that I am God. Why does he say that? Well, David said it like this, they that know their God shall 
be strong and do great exploits. And so we're all about knowing God. This is all about knowing God. So we're going to go into worship. And I want you to just allow the, the Lord to just touch your heart today as we seek Him.
All right, well, praise the Lord. Again, if you just joined in, my name is Chris Herzog, and this is Prayer International Radio. And basically, we are raising up a global watch and a global awareness of prayer among the people of God and declaring the kingdom of God and sharing what we believe is the heart of the Lord for this hour. And so with that being said, you know, I, I know a lot of God's people are out there looking for mentorship and teaching and exhortation. And they're looking to grow in the things of God. They're looking for a deeper walk or something that will help them uh, experience and encounter the, the blessings of God that he has prepared for them. And going along with what we were talking about tonight, you know, I believe that this is going to be a year of harvest. I just want to kind of exhort everybody and just kind of declare what I see and uh, for this year coming for God's people. But I believe that for the people of God, uh, especially in this nation, uh, that God is bringing an awareness. He is stirring an awareness in the hearts of God's people for global missions, for global ministry, for global evangelization. And with that being said, you know, I believe that there's a shift coming into our nation where we are going to have to get serious about our faith, where we'll no longer be able to compartmentalize our Jesus. We won't be able to, you know, go about things business as usual. Uh, you know, things are shifting and changing in our nation where our freedom of speech and just things, even with uh, the church and the tax-exempt status and the things that, that they're experiencing where our nation is actually telling, our government is actually telling us what we can and can't say if we want to have that, uh, you know, tax-exempt status, so to speak. You know, what it is is it's control. And I'm not here to talk about tax-free statuses and all that. My point is that there's a movement in our nation to pervert and distort the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I think as the times continue, we're going to see a shift and a change in the church where we're going to have to really pull together as the people of God. We're going to have to begin to listen to what the Lord is speaking to his people. You know, I believe that the whole missions movement that the Lord is birthing in the heart of this nation is to actually deliver his people, you know, to connect his people into other nations and spread the family of God uh, before different things shift and change even in our own. So, so with that being said, you know, God is stirring his people. He's causing a desperation in the hearts of his people and a lot of, the circumstances and the trials and the things that we're going through, I believe the Lord is using to forge us. You know, we, we've heard the term forged in the fires of affliction. And sometimes when we go through stuff, we grow. You know, anytime uh, I did any gardening or any planting or anything to do with landscaping, uh, most of what we planted had to be fertilized. And everybody, you know, for the most part knows what fertilizer is made of. And until you put that stuff on there, until you mix it in, 
there's not really an acceleration or a maturation of growth. And in the same way, a lot of times God let us, lets us go through the refuse of life and the junk in life and, and a lot of garbage and junk gets thrown in the mix of what we're experiencing and what we're walking through in our process. But it's those very things that we face and those very things that we're confronted with that actually causes us to grow, that causes us to have to dig our heels in, that confronts us to contend for our faith. And, you know, if we're not confronted, if we're not challenged, how will we ever give God a chance to prove who he is? And now I'm not talking about testing and trying the Lord. I'm not talking about foolishly challenging God. But what I am saying is that God is a living God and he likes to show off and show out. God is a living God and he likes to show his people just exactly who he is. God is a living God and he likes to show his enemy just exactly who he is. And so if God is Lord and Savior of your life, if he is the master and the control in control of your destiny, and you've committed yourself to him, I'm telling you, Christian, brothers and sisters, lean not on your own understanding. Don't do it. Acknowledge him in all of your ways. Learn, develop a trust in the Lord. Learn to do it with all of your heart. And what will happen, he's going to direct your path. He's going to lead you and guide you. He's going to open up your eyes and show you the things that you're looking for the answers and solutions to. Because the Lord is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. He's not a liar. If he says, he will do it. I'm here to tell you, God is true. And if he says he will do it, he will do it. God is not slack concerning his promises. There's a word for somebody listening tonight. God is not slack concerning his promises. And you have had hope deferred in your life. Things in your life have been held up. But I'm here to tell you that this is a harvest season. This is a season, a year of harvest for the people of God to begin to go forward and obtain and apprehend the inheritance and the things that God has prepared for them. Let me tell you, you have an inheritance. If you're a Christian, you have an inheritance in God. There are things that the Father has laid out for you and your family. There are things that the Father has planned for you before the foundations of the earth. There are things for you that God says are exceedingly, abundantly above all that you could ever ask or think or what you could ever come up with for yourself. And if you'll begin to turn your heart and turn your ear and turn your focus on the the living God, Begin to submit and yield and open up yourself to his Holy Spirit who is in the earth, who is moving in the earth today, who is alive and actively working, actively doing, actively helping and provoking the people of God to do the work and to do the will of God. He's a loving father. And if you think otherwise, you've been sold a lie. If religion has told you that God is anything but a loving father, 
And yes, there is judgment. Yes, we we do reap what we sow. Let me tell you something. God is constantly, 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 constantly giving mercy, giving love, extending forgiveness, turning things around. Believe me, if we got what we deserve, people, none of us would have a place in heaven. That's why we need a Savior. That's why we need the blood of Jesus. That's why we need the Holy Spirit to help sanctify and clean up our lives and then keep us. See, God has a way of keeping his people. He can keep you. His spirit, if you're a Christian, is in you. He is in you to willing to do of his good pleasure. He says it's not by your strength, it's not by your might, it's not by your power, says the Lord, but it's by the Holy Spirit of the living God. So I'm here to tell you, this is your harvest season. The Holy Spirit, if you'll turn your ear, will lead you into your blessing, will lead you into your source. Just when Elijah, when the prophet, the Old Testament, Elisha, Elijah, the two, one mentored the other, one was a protege of the other, but in their experience, God was constantly, supernaturally providing for these guys. All of his people, really, Moses, everybody. So here is the prophet in the Old Testament seeking God out, and he hears from the Lord to go to a brook, to go to a running river brook. And there the Lord sends ravens to feed the prophet. When that source dried up, the Lord sent another source. At one point he had a widow woman, a widow who had a child. They were down to their last little bit of meal and their last little bit of oil. Barely enough for about a meal. Here comes the prophet, and he tells them, Hey, look, if you feed me, you'll never lack. You'll always have enough. And how religion would tell us today, if the man of God asks for your last little scrap, your last little bit, how horrible that would sound in the, in the, in the eyes of our flesh, or we would look at that as, you know, how dare that person do that to that person, or, Take that person's last little bit. But let me tell you something. Faith doesn't do things the way that the natural man. Faith doesn't do things the way the world does it. Faith doesn't even live like every everybody else. But the walk of faith, a life of faith, eyes of faith, see differently, walk differently. When you speak in faith, you speak differently. And so here was this man, and in faith he declares the word of the Lord, and this woman takes a step with him and feeds him. And the Bible says that she never ran out. She never lacked. I'm here to tell you, if you'll go to God, if you'll go to the God in heaven, his name is Jesus. He's the God of the Bible. You will never lack. He says, well, if the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That word means I shall not lack. And God is a God of provision. I'm here to tell you his Children are never begging for bread, and the righteous have never been forsaken. And if you say, oh, that's not true, I'm I'm here to tell you, if you'll turn your ear, if you'll humble yourself, if you'll repent, the Bible says, if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and repent and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven 
If they'll pray and call unto me and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and I will hear, heal their land. And if you need God's healing in your land, if you need God's healing in your family, in your home, if you need God to come in and do something, listen, if you say you're a Christian but you're not experiencing the life of God, examine yourself, check yourself. Maybe it's something you're doing or not doing. Maybe it's because you're not submitted to the word. Maybe it's because you're not turning your ear and listening and obeying what you hear. So begin to turn to the Lord. Begin to go to God. He's the only one that can do it. He's the only one that I know that can heal AIDS. He's the only one I know, the God in heaven, Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, is the only one I know that can heal AIDS. He's the only one that I know that can put a gold tooth in somebody's mouth uh, without the use of a dentist. The only one I know. Why do I say that? I'm telling you, he's a God of the impossible. He is the God of the impossible. He's got miracles for you. He's got salvation for you. He's got destiny and a plan and a purpose for you. And we're here tonight declaring the kingdom of God is coming to you. Turn your heart. Open up your heart and receive the living God. Be open to the things of God, to the move of the Spirit. My name is Chris Herzog. And this is Prayer International Radio. If you need anything, call us. Go to the phone, 619-638-8458. Our call number. You can go to our website, www.prayerinternational.org. So let me close in prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray, Father, your blessing over the people of God tonight, those listening tonight, that your will would be done and your kingdom would come in their lives. That, Father, you would begin to pour out riches and blessing in their lives, Father, above and beyond what they could ever ask or think. And I thank you, Lord, for everything that you're doing and everything you're going to do. We ask your blessings, we ask your Holy Spirit to touch your people. Heal them, Father. And we thank you, Father, for everything you're doing, Lord. We just ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. This is Prayer International Radio, and you have a blessed night, and we will see you tomorrow.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.